Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Good morning. It is Monday, January 18th. Third week of the Ohio Podcast starts. Busy weekend, and we're going to kind of break it all down for this morning. Uh, as always, I have Brendan and Craig with me. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Fantastic. Well, I wanted to start out um, with the big protest in Ohio over the weekend. Um, there was threats uh, made by big protests at all the, uh, the state capitals including Washington, D.C. Um, thankfully, there really wasn't that much bad stuff to happen. I mean, it's I didn't want to have a show where we were breaking down a bunch of violence and everything, and thankfully, it was pretty peaceful. Thankfully, not that many people showed up. Um, I think from what I heard, it was under 100, but it seemed like there was more uh, National Guard members there and media members there than actual protesters. Um, Bungaloos, I guess, was a big group that came. I, there's was some thought about which group would come and protest. Uh, some people thought it was the Proud Boys, I guess, that were there at Washington, but I guess it was the Bugaloos. Brandon, I want to start out with, you know, if, you know, you might be involved in the group, and that's fine. If your group's the Bugaloos or the Proud Boys, I mean, I don't know. Can't, can't they find a better name for their groups? Was, I thought it was kind of weird. I mean, we're, to clarify, it's hypothetical. I'm not part of any of these. Right, groups. right. Wait, I'm not even talking <laughs> In case about anyone wants to get away with the wrong side. I was trying to trick you. I was trying to out you as a member of a right-wing militia group. No, oh, what, I'm saying, what, what I'm saying is not even just – I'm not saying if you want to be part of a right-wing militia group. I'm talking about any group you're a part of. Like, we sweated over the name of this podcast. We want to make sure we put the best name out there. So whatever group you're involved in, the Bugaloos or the Proud Boys, to me, it's kind of a – I mean, whatever group you're part of, come up with a better name, you know? Yeah. Um, that – I would I would agree. I don't – I would love to – I mean, if I – I mean, I wish um, – um, no, actually, no. I don't really need to go and tweet, go in on Google and Google why they picked this name. It's just I just see this name and I'm like, you know, um, there's what? this group and then there's the Proud Boys group and um, um, it's just like uh, so many different names or what was the meaning behind it? So, yeah. Well, I, I guess um, 
I work with the Columbus Dispatch, and our, our Mark Kovac was down there, and he posted a video of interviewing the group leader. And I guess he was talking about it started as a joke. And it was kind of interesting. Um, some of the other videos, it, it, it was funny because you always wonder. And our fear last week was, hey, hopefully there's no violence. You know, this is kind of crazy that we're protesting a couple months after the election happened. And it just turned out to be a, a lot of weird just back and forth. Uh, did you guys see the bullhorn argument? Yeah, I heard about that. I didn't see all of it, but I did see a, a little bit of it. Yeah, I mean, the bullhorn argument, there was two guys that were both kind of right wing, and they were arguing about stuff. Like, one guy's like, I'm an Alex Jones fan. They're like, all right. And then, like, the other guy was, like, transgender or something, and that turned out to be a big argument because they were like, are you a real man or not? And they were both <laughs> holding bullhorns. They were yelling uh, back and no. forth. So apparently that was the only uh, – well, maybe not the only, but that was one of the big tense moments of the rally. But, you know, thankfully – I, I was afraid because, again, you know, I have a lot of reporter colleagues that were there and photographer colleagues. Um, our journalist person was supposed to be there, wasn't able to make it this morning. Uh, but thankfully, I was in contact with her last night, and she was like, it turned out to be lame. It wasn't that big of a deal at all. And we're thankful it was lame. I mean, we're thankful that we weren't reporting on something serious that was happening. But it just – it, it was almost comical because I guess going into yesterday, you're like, who are these people? Are they criminals? Are they, you know, you know, tough guys? It turned out to be guys who like to carry guns and guys who are carrying on bullhorns yelling at each other. I mean, it was just very a, a weird day. Yeah, it's kind of strange to see that they were outnumbered. I mean, I don't know if it was the in Ohio anyway, if it was because of the Browns game or whatever, but I did see some people say that uh, – you know, it started to dissipate right around the time the Browns game started at 3.05, which, hey, I'm all for that. Um, I'm glad that it ended and came and went without any, you know, real strife. And, uh, you know, hopefully now that I don't know if that means that people are willing to move on or if maybe they just weren't willing to go out in the cold, snowy rain. But uh, at any rate, it's over and I'm glad that nothing bad came out of it. Brandon, I was thinking about this yesterday. One of the crazy things about what happened January 6th was they really didn't have security at the Capitol. They just had a regular police force. And, you know, you read all these places, hey, January 6th, we're going to protest. Nobody did anything about it. I wonder, you know, Columbus and the state took some really unprecedented efforts. They had more National Guard there. Uh, they told people to stay the heck out of downtown and everything. I, I wonder, do you think that helped, the fact that there was a lot of precautions made beforehand you think that helped kind of slow the number of people there there i think it probably helped out i think um it's hard if the let's just say if the capital riots didn't weren't riots they were pro, just very intense protests no one infiltrated the capital would we have seen this kind of level of security in at this state house down here in ohio but um um hard to say i would i would say though like i said last week um I didn't really see this getting as violent or, or because what was fascinating about the Capitol six, uh, I mean, the January six uh, Capitol rights was there was a clear, there was a clear, clear uh, effort to infiltrate Capitol and it what could have been a, a, a clear outcome. Um, and of course that's still being investigated. We're still not sure what's what, what was the intent, whether it was a, a protest, like, um, a protest turned riot or if it was um something a little more planned and serious i mean there was pl there were protests been planned out for 
for for weeks and there it seemed like some of the uh folks online were definitely <laughs> very violent uh rhetoric there online and that culminated into that event so but you know that's still being investigated we'll wait to hear what the official um um verdict is on that but um like i said this yesterday there was there it was no clear agenda no clear outcome it's just if you're going to go and protest um yesterday i mean i don't see there's no mo no incentive to make it violent to i mean what are they going to do trash the state house and say we just do we declare ohio separated from the union um toll booths are going up <laughs> right i don't know there wasn't there was no reason for it to be violent yesterday so and that's why i didn't wasn't violent so what and there were there were a few pro Trump supporters. It was strange because a lot of people there weren't really even Trump support. Like this wasn't a yay pro Donald Trump. I mean, people were talking about Second Amendment. People were. T I mean, there seemed to be a lot of different groups there. Like there was a strange group there that wore wigs, looked like Revolutionary War people that had guns, and they were talking about something different. So there really wasn't a one you know, unified, hey, we're mad at this and everything. And I think part of it is it took people a lot longer than they should have, but I think people were finally starting to realize, okay, the election's over. You know, we may not be happy about how it went. We might not be happy about if it was fraud or not. But I think people were finally saying, okay, we're going to have inauguration on Wednesday. Now, it's strange that it's, what, January 18th, and we're finally starting to understand that as a country. I mean, it's strange that we didn't understand that back in mid-November, let's say, but I don't know. <laughs> very weird. Very strange. Um, but, no, like I said, thankfully, not much happened, and thankfully, this is turning into a little bit of a boring recap. I mean, I, I don't want... I mean, seriously, it's, I, if something horrible happened... I may have been angry. I've been yelling at people, but no, it, it was pretty good. Um, 6.30 tonight, um, 6.30 this morning, I, I should say, we are slated to have the Dancing Trucker. Um, Craig, this guy was the viral hit of the day. Uh, yeah. This guy's from Cincinnati. Uh, we just met him yesterday, and this guy likes to dance for love and peace and have fun and everything. Uh, we got some video of him. We'll show. We'll talk to him. Try to get his story about why he does what he does, and it's he's not just a politics guy. Um, he does that at different events, and uh, I spoke with him briefly in the phone yesterday. Apparently, he just likes to have fun and show fun. And he figured yesterday was the time to show fun, and it was good. I'm glad that he did that. Yeah, it seems like it. You know, it probably would have been you know even better if had it been maybe January 6th with the U.S. Capitol. But it's great that. Uh, this guy comes in and he goes, I guess he goes all over the place to, uh, to kind of try to break up some of the tension with some dance moves. So I think it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. And, you know, I know Brandon, you didn't want to look up what the, uh, the, the boogalows are. Well, I did look up what they were named <laughs> oh. after <laughs> uh Oh, probably. And at first I, at first I thought this is no, you know, there's just no way. Well, they're, they're named after the eighties movie break into electric boogaloo. Whoa. And I thought to myself, that's not that's not possible. Well, it is because I saw a story, a USA Today story that has that that same information. Uh, apparently, they are they carry weapons and wear Hawaiian shirts and tactical gear, um, and they look to exploit unrest in order to start a second civil war. So apparently, that's what their mission statement is. So they were not very... really sure why they would be named after a 
really bad 80s movie, though. But um, Well, from what the leader there locally was selling Mark on Kovac yesterday, it started, like, the name is a joke. Now, it was funny because he was really backtracking. He's like, oh, we're, we're about peace. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to do anything. And I think it was, yeah, somebody from USA Today Network, that was the story you were referring to, kind of did a deeper look and said, hey, these guys, you know, they're not, you know, causing violence everywhere they go, but they're definitely not a, just a nice, peaceful group. Um, I wanted to bring up really quick, uh, Brandon, you said you didn't get to see the dancing trucker, right? Yeah, I didn't get to see, uh, see it, no. Well, let's preview it because he's coming up at 6.30, and let me see if I can pull up. Uh, this is courtesy of Mark uh, Kovac's Twitter feed. Let me see if I can play this for you. He was um, to the side of the Ohio State House, and this is him leaving. And he's dancing the Casey and the Sunshine Band. So. <laughs> so what do you think, Brandon? Um, is this going to be your calling? You could be the dancing journalist. How about that? <laughs> uh, good events, spread love, peace, joy. Yeah, I'm dancing while I'm taking uh, writing down notes from people while I'm interviewing them. Yeah, like, yeah. Make my job harder, Chris. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> you, you, it's you like, be... well, hold that thought. I need to. I need. A, I'm gonna bust out a complicated dance move. Or maybe on your off days, because I'm assuming this guy's doing it. As, we can ask him. Um, his name's John. We can ask him, but I'm assuming he's doing his off days. So, like during your off days from your job, you can be going out and dancing at events. That'd be great. I don't know. So it should be good. All right. Well, we're going to have him coming up at um, 630. Wanted to mention this. Uh, Martin Luther King Day is today. Um, I. It's sad. I'll be honest. I mean, we're off work today. Well, at least I am. Are you guys off work? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm oh, working. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I volunteered to work today. Okay. Well, I'm celebrating Martin Luther King Day. I don't know about you guys, but no. No, I'm, I'm off today. It, it, it's sad because we look at this as a just another day off pretty much um i don't know since i adopted a, a, my eight-year-olds of a, a person of color and uh, we adopted her and it's kind of made me think more about where we're at as a country and again i'm not expecting everyone I, I, honestly i'm not going to go to any events or, or spend hours and hours reading about what happened but uh, it, it's just good to you know kind of look back at his life and what happened um, I grew up in the old white area, which is unfortunate. And it was funny because some of the, even the religious leaders I talked to growing up about Martin Luther King, they talked a lot more about his drawbacks, like, um, you know, some marital issues he's had and other stuff like that. And it was unfortunate because in the area I grew up on, everyone was like, well, he wasn't a great guy. Well, we're human beings. We all have struggles. We all have problems. We all try to overcome stuff. I'm not excusing or justifying that. But Martin Luther King was a great person that fought a lot for, you know, civil rights, freedoms, everything. And even if you look back in the 1950s, we weren't the same country we were today. Now, I know over the past four years, especially, um, you know, the, our racial divide has been pronounced and we still have a long way of going. But, you know, Martin Luther King, you know, was a great man that started to you know, set the building blocks to have some progress. And sadly, we're not as far along as I hope we'd be after six years. 
But hopefully, you know, people out there today are still carrying the torch for Martin Luther King Jr. Um, any thoughts on MLK Day, Brandon? Uh, I mean, I kind of remember back when I was working up in Delaware, Ohio, where I covered um, Ohio Wesleyan University's uh, ML- MLK event. Um, got to interview um, um, the key speaker there and um, some of the local um, um, or- and the organizers um, about and talking to them about the event. This was just came after, you know, the 2016 election. Um, and they were bringing up a lot about um, one of Do- uh, Dr. King's books. Uh, I think the title went something like, where do we go from here? Chaos or community? <laughs> it just seemed to speak to the times we were in at the time. Um, um, just, um, you know, there, there's a lot of um, Martin Luther King certainly has a, his ethos is certainly um, like you point out, it, it, it's, it, it's viewed differently by different pe- groups of people. Um, you know, conservatives take a message from his work, from some of his speeches and um, some people who are uh, a little more liberal are, We'll say well, Mark, Dr. Luther, uh, Dr. King was more radical, more um, liberal than probably uh, shaped in during his when he was alive. Um, I think that, that that's the, those kind of conflicts and tensions are have been kind of surfaced over the years and definitely um, coming to um, roost. And it's kind of interesting to see what, uh, how his how his image or how his um, um, who he is um, shape over the coming years. But, you know, I think contributions were definitely deserve um, yeah. this day to remember him and his contributions. We talked about, I remember talking about him like every year in elementary school, every middle school. I mean, there was always some sort of MLK observation. And um, um, yeah, it's good that we were going to acknowledge it here on this podcast. Well, and it was unfortunate, um, Brandon, um, a place that you and I worked at. I don't want to you know, say the name off the top of my head. I don't know if you worked with me at the time, but it was interesting. There was, I called the school district. And it was like the week before MLK Day. And I said, hey, you guys got anything planned? Uh, we don't. And, and again, <laughs> oh, there, there was a certain racial makeup of that certain town that may have explained that. But still, I'm thinking, again, the guy, guy was flawed. Like, we all are. We're all flawed here. But it's like, I don't think we need to worship the guy, but I, I think in schools today, and I think a lot, well, the schools are off, but I think in the days before or days after, I think it's definitely worth a mention. Just to say, hey, this guy fought for civil rights. Um, and I, I think that's kind of part of, I'll say it, I think that's part of the issues we're having in this country today, where, you know, we don't <clears throat> recognize some of that that's happening. And yeah, it, it's sad. It's unfortunate. Uh, it's Craig? A, oh, yeah, Brian, I'm sorry. Well, it, sorry, it just reminded me of, uh, uh, you know, how vicious Trump, uh, even the President Trump got about um, one of the New York Times' writers, uh, I think, uh, about the 1619 Project, about really trying to get that, um, whether or not there was, the, there was a goal of getting that taught in schools or the subject line. It's just like, um, just even having this kind of um, discussion in schools has become very um, touchy subject for some reason. And I don't know why it's, it's sort of like, um, it seems like people want to feel good about their country, want to feel good about their, their leaders like George Washington, but somehow um, 
there's like, but when you bring up this issue of slavery, of segregation, of, of all the issues of, up to leading up to civil rights, it seems like there's this force that gets really sensitive about it. And I'm not sure why we have, why that is, but, um, um, you know, from, from, from listening to, to some of these people who have, I've talked to over the years, um, you know, um, yeah, it's, 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 we, it, there definitely needs to be more conversation. Well, I get sad. It's interesting to bring up the 1619 project. I, I get sad because in history, and I've seen Facebook posts about this from dear friends going, why are we talking about some of the newer stuff, which have darn it more, you know, Jefferson and, you know, George Washington. And there's nothing wrong with talking about that. I, I think there needs to be a good mix of everything. Like, I don't think you should only talk about stuff from 1950 on, or you should only talk about founding fathers. You should have a mix. And history classes should be more about let's instill a love of learning. I mean, you're not going to be able to talk about everything, but love learning and love understanding all aspects of our history. And, you know, the good and bad parts, and definitely talk about um, people like Martin Luther King. My history class, and maybe it's a condemnation about my school district not updating their textbooks and not saying the money update their textbooks enough. But our history ended at 1950. You know, we talked about World War II and then we're like, all right, we're good to go. Well, you know, I went to school around that time. It was the early 90s. Yeah, there was stuff happening after 1950. How about Martin Luther King Jr.? How about all the racial strife that we had and the people who were striving to make it better? Again, I don't think it was anything about the school district's views toward race or anything. I think it was more just maybe they didn't update their textbooks enough. But, yeah, we need to have more balanced, you know, education about everything. And it's unfortunate when people look at stuff like the 1619 project as a demon type thing. No, we're, we're talking about history, the good, the bad parts of what we can learn from it. Uh, Craig, Aine, uh, you're up more in a, a rural area. Is there, uh, what's the thoughts about, you know, MLK day from people you run into around the Fremont area? Well, we're going to, you know, today I'm, I'm working, as I said, and uh, the end of the uh, Fremont chapter of the NAACP is going to host a breakfast and, sort of like a program where they're going to have, uh, uh, you know, various speakers. They're going to have um, like the Negro National Anthem, uh, prayer, uh, just, uh, you know, sort of keynote speakers. The keynote speaker this year is going to be Cherie Mullen, who uh, was recently named last year the Diversity the diversity Inclusion Director for the city of Fremont. So, um, you know, last year, you know, we saw a lot of the uh, the racial strife going on and, and Fremont wanted to try to get involved to, uh, to maybe see if they can reconnect, um, you know, the population of people, you know, whether it's Hispanic or African-American, you know, re- really try to, you know, help develop relationships in the community, small, you know, uh, help small business owners, help people develop that small business that maybe they have. So, you know, I think Fremont's done uh, maybe a little bit more than some other smaller cities have. And it's great to see. And it's it's great to to cover these programs that the NAACP puts on here locally. And, you know, going back to what you guys said, you know, I think it's it's important that we have these uncomfortable conversations in schools. I really think that, you know, I really think we need to have a diverse learning pool and and, and this is part of it, you know, and it's, it, it's, it may seem like to some people that this happened hundreds of years ago, but it didn't, it happened less than a hundred years ago. And, and, you know, we were still seeing segregation up through then. So I think people need to have those uncomfortable conversations and we need to have lesson plans that are sort of uncomfortable, um, 
you know, we've, we've talked about World War II. We've talked about the Holocaust. I think we can certainly talk about, you know, the impact that slavery had, segregation, um, and then, you know, this this movement that, you know, Dr. King was was so much a part of. And I think it's something that, um, you know, I, and I can't speak for all the all the schools out there, but, um, you know, I'm sure that more would be better. Oh, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, no matter what the racial makeup of your talent is and everything, it's a good conversation to have. It's part of history. It's important to learn from. I kind of wonder at times how history is going to look back at 2020. My goodness. There's going to be chapters written about this this past year. And, you know, obviously as we approach the inauguration on Wednesday, which we'll talk about more in upcoming days, also a big review of Lady Gaga at the inauguration. That's, that's <laughs> the thing I'm jazzed up about. Um want to talk about this briefly. Um, Dancing Trucker is slated to come on probably about five minutes. But the other huge story from yesterday was the Browns. The Browns played the Chiefs. And, dang, I thought that game, it was, what, 19-3 to at one point? And I thought the Chiefs go run away and go off and win. But the Browns hung around. Uh, Brandon Pat Mahomes, who is the big superstar of the Chiefs, he got hurt with a concussion. And they went to Chad Henney which um, our guy, um, Big Nut, over in uh, Fremont would know, is the former quarterback of Michigan. Um, so he, he came in for the Chiefs, didn't have quite the background that Pat Mahomes had, and the Browns almost came back and won. Brandon, again, we, we know you're not an American football fan, but you're, a, you're obviously a Browns fan because of Jimmy Haslam, who Bought and saved the crew. Might be a little too far to say, but sure, I'll root for Bruce. Well, I, if you had to like an American football team, I mean, you're you're very pro Columbus Crew, which is fine. Uh, probably the Browns would be your team, right? Because of Jimmy Haslam. Probably, yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you think? Were, did you watch it, or or if you didn't watch it, were, were you surprised if you saw the score and the? I, I just follow the score through on Twitter. Okay. Um, just kind of like oh nineteen to three, and then later like oh oh it's a uh, um, somewhere I think what twenty two to seventeen maybe um, they were it was it did seem like uh, the Browns could have hanged in there, but um, um, I, I think um, I did think one person tweeted out like um, you know the Browns can't do can't cover the, their uh, Chiefs wide receivers, but they don't quit, <laughs> um, right. and maybe that sounded like that sounds like from what you guys are saying. Um, um, what was the whole point, spirit of the game? Like it must have, it must have been a good game. Um, and overall, they yeah. you know it wasn't a blowout, but it wasn't a um, you know it was a nice competitive game. And um, you know, hopefully, the Browns will uh, re- repeat and do better next season. Yeah, and I got to say again, part of it, you know, Pat Mahomes got hurt near the end of the third quarter. And, you know, Pat Mahomes is a superstar. It's like going from Michael Jordan playing basketball, he gets hurt, and you bring in Craig Gilo, who's like a professional, <laughs> but it's definitely not Michael Jordan. And, and that's kind of how I compare, like, Chad Henney to Pat Mahomes. So part of the reason why the Browns hung around was because of a backup who was nowhere near as good as the starter, you know, came in. But, you know, they had some chances to win. Craig, I kind of looked at um, they have vets. I mean, the Browns aren't really a young team. They've got some veterans and everything. Uh, but they had a new coach and everything. And the coach made some weird calls and everything. I don't know. I mean, this was their first time in the playoffs in a long time. But I had to think they had chances of winning. 
I, I mean, you can easily say, oh, they lost the Chiefs, Super Bowl champs. Oh, well, we tried hard and everything. But, man, I, I, I had the game on the background, and I was looking at it a couple times where I'm like, dang, they could have won if they did this right. Well, you know, they had a couple of things that didn't go their way, maybe a couple of coaching decisions that didn't go their way. I know some people, um, you know, criticized Stefanski for char- uh, for challenging the Tyreek Hill catch. But, you know, you think about the end of the first half, the momentum swing that may have happened had that touchdown or had uh, um, Higgins scored a touchdown or maybe they would have called that penalty on the helmet-to-helmet contact uh, down around the goal line that was non-reviewable, which is why – that penalty was never called because they can't review that penalty there. Um, but that really, I mean, you could have gone into halftime 19 to 10 instead of down 19 to three. And let's, you know, let's say everything plays out the rest of the way in the second half. Maybe the Browns win that game. Um, and, you know, obviously with when Chad Henney came in, you know, he threw the interception and the Browns got back into the game. But at the end of the day, they, they lost to the best team in the, in the league. And even though, there's probably going to be a lot of fans that would say, and a lot of pundits that would say the Browns missed an opportunity to, to maybe take advantage of what the Chiefs were giving them or what happened to the Chiefs. They didn't, but, you know, the Browns are going to be back. I mean, they've got some older veterans, but when you look at their core players, I mean, Baker Mayfield's 25, Miles Garrett's young, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are very young at running back. You've got good receivers a very good offensive line. So the Browns, they seem like they're going to have some staying power here in the future. Well, and they have salary cap room, which my guys and Steelers don't. Um, <clears throat> who knows? I heard of the weekend Big Ben. It looks like he's coming back next year, so we'll figure it out. But check out our Steelers podcast. Way too much inside football talk for today. But the Steelers podcast, we break it down. And today we're, we're taping our end-of-the-year special, which – it's going to get depressing because it wasn't a good end of the year for the Steelers. But, hey, if you're into that stuff, definitely check it out. It should be good. Um, again, any minute now we're slated to have the dancing trucker come. Hopefully um, he's having success. Let me check my Twitter to make sure he's not having any issues getting online. Um, trying to, like I said, busy weekend. Uh, it turned out not to be an eventful one, but it was very good. And I'm glad that um, things ended up pretty well. Um, what else? Uh, what else did you learn over the weekend, Brandon? Anything? Anything exciting happen? Um, yeah, it was pretty uneventful weekend for me, Chris Sario. Um, you know, yeah, just been staying inside during a pandemic, um, and kind of following the news on Twitter, but nothing really stuck out. Okay. Very good. Yeah, that's kind of how it was with me. Um, we are family has been kind of been hunkering down because of COVID. Um, my wife and kids are still doing in person school, so it's not to say we never go out, but we've kind of hunkered down a little bit more, and we've tried to kind of keep up with everything. And <clears throat> it's been just a lot of. Wa- not a lot of TV watching, but yeah, I just found myself able. I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to watch a Browns game, but still a little bit sore over the fact that my Steelers lost to the Browns last week. And honestly, uh, Brandon, it's a tough week when you work for a place that covers the Browns because you know some jobs you can say, "Oh, I'm upset my team lost," but it's work. You know, they're not going to talk about work. Well, when you have to edit stories about your work, and I I was on a project where I had to write some preview stories about the Browns. It was tough when you had to write about 
touchdowns the Browns scored against the Steelers last week. It was tough. But as I told one of the leaders at work, I am a true professional, and I'm going to write these stories because I care about work. So it's good. But, no, it's kind of tough. Uh, Craig, anything big over your weekend? Well, nothing major, but uh, my, my one of my dogs decided to uh, run around in the mud, and I had to give him a bath. And it just was not a fun experience for either of us. But he, he is fresh and clean now, and he's excited, and he's sleeping right now. So oh, man. It, it was quite the quite the uh, eventful weekend. He does not like getting baths, and uh, I don't like giving him a bath because it's like he does not want to cooperate ever. Brandon, we, we're learning more about Craig every day. He's partying like a rock star. How about that? Yeah, well, <laughs> I knew it was going to be bad as soon as he came walking up to the stoop, and uh, his paws were black. And I'm like, well, he's got white fur, so that looks bad. And then I had to carry him in and uh, put him right in the tub, and it was just mud all over. And he was whining because he didn't like being in the bathtub. He doesn't like getting baths, and it just—it was a—it was a really, it was a stressful week. It was a stressful weekend with him. All right, very good. All right, um, I, we are again <laughs> waiting for the dancing um, uh, truck trucker. I'll tell you, you know, one thing, this is good for us um, having a show early. I, I think it's tough for guests a little bit. I, I know sometimes we have trouble waking up, and I think um, it's kind of tough for guests too. So we'll roll with it, and it should be good. Um, trying to think, Brandon, have you ever been, I was thinking about other things about this uh, rally yesterday. Have you ever been to Holocaust Memorial? I never knew Columbus had one. Uh, there's one off to the side of the state house. Yeah, um, I have. I don't know if I never necessarily got to chance to look at it. I think it was. Um, uh, I'm wondering if it was the one that uh, Governor Kasich had put in. Um, I'm not sure because that's what I've, I've heard. That's where I've heard of some sort of memorial would come up during the Kasich administration. So I don't know if that's a relatively new one, but that's. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't come prepare with uh, unexpected questions. Chris. Oh no, 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 it was fine. I, I just saw a picture of it. You know, I was following the coverage of the. I, I didn't know if anybody showed it live on TV, so I was following on Twitter. And one of the things that struck me, they were talking about, hey, they're guarding the Holocaust Memorial, and I think that's that's not inside the State House, right? It's outside of the State House. I was a little bit confused about that. I, I got to read up more on that. I was kind of surprised. That was one of the things that kind of shocked me from the weekend. I, I didn't know they had one. I, I'm, I'll be interested in going to check it out. So Yeah, according to the State House website, how Holocaust and Liberators Memorial was unveiled by Governor Kasich um, and the architect um, in, uh, uh, on June 2nd, 2014. Um, so if it's the one you're talking about, I might be talk talking about totally different uh, tests, but um, yeah, I, I think that was it. No, no, it was it's, just, an it's an outdoor memorial. Yeah. Yeah. It was just one thing from yesterday. That kind of surprised me. I mean, they had barricades up about 10 feet away from the state house and everything. And one of the things that kind of surprised me was I saw this picture from one of the reporters talking about, Hey, they're guarding the state house, the Holocaust memorial. I'm like, wow, I never knew about that. I thought that was kind of one of the weird things about the event. Um, I, I gotta say, it's funny. My my mom is in a uh, senior living place. I'm not sure what the best way of describing Akron, and she follows the news. And every time she hears of anything in Columbus, she freaks out. Like we were on the phone over the weekend. 
oh, are you okay? Don't go outside and everything. Like, she thinks, like, when there's protests. Like, I live in the allotment probably maybe 15, 20 minutes from downtown. And every time there's something downtown and she hears that there's, like, a protest or something in Columbus, she sits there and she's like, are you going to be okay? Are you going to be outside? I'm like, Mom, I, I just don't go downtown. It's fine. <laughs> you know, I mean, anywhere but downtown, you're okay. You can go to malls around. You can go everywhere else. You just don't go downtown. I, I don't think she truly gets that. Um, I, I think she gets worried, though, because the office, um, the dispatch office, where I worked at for a couple months before COVID came, that's right across the street from the state house. So when I worked there, it, it was tough. And one day I was telling her during the George Floyd protest when things got a little bit crazy for a night or two, I was like, well, that's the path I took to the bus route. You know, so those streets, the street where I took the bus home and everything, th those were kind of the wild, crazy streets and everything. But again, I'm okay. <laughs> it was tough. Uh, do, do your brand, does your mom ever worry uh, about you sometimes like that? No. <laughs> Your mom's like, hey, just go downtown. It's all right. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. But um, um, not to the extent to call me and like, oh, I heard there was a, uh, um, uh, oh, I hear there were protests downtown today or something like that. Are you okay? Like, um, maybe she did call me like maybe last during the protest last last summer because we were we're kind. My I don't live I don't live too far away from downtown. Like a 15 minute drive maybe. Um. And that's not even taking highway properly. But um, um, no, she did call me yesterday saying, "Hey, I need help uh, moving out some furniture." So oh, there uh, you go. There, she's got her. She's got her priorities. She's your, you're her errand boy. She's yeah. like, "Come on, errand boy, come help me out. It should be good." She's like, help your brother-in-law out. Help your help your best friend out. They're gonna. They already got them booked to move out the furniture. It's like, well, where are you, slacker? Yeah. What well, well, Craig? Brandon and I definitely have different relationships with our, our mothers, as we showed there. Um, I don't do errands that well, so that's why my mom doesn't call me for any errands. I can't lift. I'm weak. I'm, I'm feeble. I'm old. Uh, is your mom still around, and how's your mom treating yeah. Yeah, um, she she would care and, and, and certainly have concern, but I think more of the concern and care would be my wife would, would be concerned for my safety more so, um, only because I think I just tell her more about my job and and how strange it can be sometimes, and you know you all know that. But uh, yeah, I think my wife probably freaks out a little bit more when something like this happens, or you know um, if she knows that I'm going to be in an area where it's probably not a great idea that a normal person would go to. But you know, my mom does too, but not as much as my wife. She really uh, gets nervous about you know certain aspects of my job and people I talk to or. Things I cover, you know, because I cover cops and courts for the job. So um, sometimes she gets nervous that, you know, people are going to like seek me out if they don't like a story that I wrote about them or something. So I think she probably deals with stress a lot more than I do uh, with, with what I do. But I just kind of go and do it and she has to live with it. So it's uh, unfortunate for her, I guess. But uh, she's gotten called. She's calmed down a little bit from it. And I, I, t I assure her it's going to be OK. And, you know, we get through it. Yeah, I currently work from home, and it's funny because anybody who sits there and says, you're in danger, I mean, unless they find out my home address, and I write for the paper a lot, but a lot of times I'm just kind of rewriting stuff that happened before. I'm not really doing original reporting, so I'm okay. You know, if anybody listens to this, don't worry, I'm fine. 
Um, there used to be a side of me that was curious about going to this thing. Maybe 25-year-old me, if, if he was around this time, may want to go down and check stuff like that out. But, hey, I'm past that. I'm way older than that. And I, I'm just not that interested. It's tough. Well, I'm interested, but I, I'm, a, I'm a wimp. I, I don't want to you know, face protests or trouble. I'd rather, I'd rather watch it on TV. Than yes. there, just in case, you know, and it's I'm fascinated by it, but I certainly would not ever want to put myself in in harm's way. And if there's a possibility of that, then I, you know, not going to do it. But I'll watch it on TV all day. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what my wife would say. Yeah, you just watch it on TV. That's all you want to do. You just want to watch stuff on TV. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like what my wife would say. All right, so. um yeah, let's look ahead at this week upcoming. Um, you know, Wednesday is the big inauguration day. Um, we can preview it Wednesday. I, I, w- I would take it. I, did it trouble you guys to see all the, um, you know, they really had a bunch of security set up in D.C. I was watching CNN yesterday, and they had a drone kind of going over D.C., <clears throat> And it looked like a war zone. It looked like a third world country. And my wife would say, man, this is kind of sad. But I'm I'm kind of wondering, Brandon, is that good, though? Because I feel better about how secure we are. Not to say nothing would happen, but I think I feel better that we're more secure than we were the day of January 6th. Yeah, I mean, it's sad that it's necessary, but good that we... um... We're more prepared than they seemingly were uh, on January 6th. So, um, um, yeah, people, a lot of people on Twitter talking about how t- tight in security was. I think um, one person said, I've never seen it uh, this bad um, in an age and ever. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's the next four years are going to be an interesting interesting time i will under a biden administration uh i'm not confident necessarily to say that things are gonna simmer down or get less divisive they probably will even be more divisive but um it's gonna be interesting um just to see like how the next presidential election will roll around um what 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 kind of what kind of um traits or elements of the trump republican party will still be around um I'm, 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 I'm very curious, um, how it's all going to shake out, but, um, well, well, maybe that'll be the, the before and after we'll see, <laughs> maybe they won't yeah. be as locked down on the next, next inauguration. Who knows? Well, I hope, however, like the next four years goes, let's just be a little bit more calm. Let's be a little bit more, you know, unfreaked out, you know, that we are now. It seems like we're all freaked out by everything and it's going to be tough. So. Craig, are you going to be able to watch the inauguration? Oh, yeah. Um, I will definitely have it on. Um, I would have – I mean, I have everything on, and that's that's kind of one of the beauties of working in journalism is that if something major news happens, you you got to kind of watch it just in case your editor calls you and says, hey, let's get some local reaction to the Capitol, which is what I did. Um, I don't know if we'll get do a, a story localizing the inauguration, but certainly – I'll have it on in the background and, you know, take a look at it every once in a while while I'm working, if I'm, you know, working on something. But, um, you know, it, it's sad to see that it's, you know, like you said, it sort of looks like a, a war zone now down there, but better safe than sorry. And 
hopefully we can sort of begin this simmering down process where the, the emotions don't run so high and we can get back to, you can hate a candidate all you want. I don't care who you hate, who you like, but do it in a peaceful, you know, sort of human way and, and not worry about fighting and, you know, getting into, you know, these small little pockets of battles that it just, it's a sad to see like the Capitol, you know, it was a, it was a sad day and, um, hopefully we don't ever have to see anything like that. But unfortunately, with the, the temperature of people's emotions right now, you just don't know. I love my work now as a digital journalist because um, recently I was working in a department that did uh, layouts for weekly newspapers. And you always are looking for news. You're always looking to suggest news to the editors. And it was tough because for a weekly paper, it just covered local events. You know, unless that affected local, well, everything affects the local area, but unless it was an event that directly affected the local area, no one seemed to care. So, like the inauguration, yeah, I mean, it's not like they don't pay attention to it all, but they're not covering it in a real local, sure. you know, hyper local paper. And it, it was an enjoyable time working with those guys, but I like now where everything that happens, you know, stuff that we're going to cover, you know, stuff that's national world events, you know, it's definitely something that we would cover here. So yeah, I'm looking forward. Um, got a little bit of time off with the holiday, which is good. I'm off uh, today and tomorrow, but I'm looking forward to Wednesday because it's going to be a huge day for the inauguration. So. Should be good. Well, we will reach out to Dancing Trucker. I think the morning may have uh, befallen the <laughs> Dancing Trucker. It's happening to me. Dancing. Yeah. I, uh, Brian, I don't think I ever told you this. I used to be on a, uh, Maslin when I worked up there. They had a guy that did a radio podcast. And this was a lot before podcasts became cool and hip. Nobody really knew about it. And I used to be on this guy's show. He would tape between six and seven. And there were days I slept in. And <laughs> I listened to the guy's show afterwards that was awkward because the guy's like, I think Chris is coming. We don't know if he is. And I'm like, uh, you know, I'm sleeping. So I know how it feels and no problem. Hopefully we'll have the dancing trucker coming back on. I know he was a big hit at the event yesterday, but I like the fact he dances for fun. And apparently he's shown up at other events. So hopefully we'll have him back um, shortly. Well, Anything we want to shout out before we close up for today? No, I don't think so. I, I think we've about shouted out everything during the <laughs> last 15 minutes. So. I already talked about my, my muddy dog, so I think we're good. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, we went through the topic list. We went through everything. Craig's talking about his muddy dog. Uh, I'm talking about stuff upcoming. And I put Brandon on the spot about the Holocaust Memorial. So I, I think we've kind of hit through everything that we're going to hit through today. So we'll be back tomorrow uh, with a bunch of new things to talk about. Obviously, the news is always crazy busy. So, you know, I'm not sure what the news is going to be, but I'm sure there'll be a lot of it uh, coming up tomorrow. So for Brandon and Craig, thanks again for checking out the Ohioan. We'll see you again tomorrow. All right. Bye-bye.